Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hey, Jay. Oh, Michael. Fancy meeting you here. Yeah, what are you doing here? Hey, I got a question for you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. While we start the show. You ready? But I need complete silence for this one. All right, all right, go ahead. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? I don't, I don't know what that means. You don't know what that means? No. I'm shocked that you don't know what that means. I think I've heard of that. Is that Silence of the Lambs? Nope. Oh. It's from uh, Bad Out of Hell, the Meatloaf <laughs> album, 1977. Ah. Uh, uh, they took the words right out of my mouth. I took the words out of your mouth? No, that's that's the al- that's the song oh. from the album. Yeah, no, I wasn't a big, never been a big meatloaf fan to be honest. You don't like meatloaf? I, I like, Who doesn't love meatloaf? I like ketchup. I like my own meatloaf. You, you don't like meatloaf? He's a classically trained uh, singer. Speaking of meatloaf, <clears throat> I have a bone to pick with you, my friend. Uh oh. So I don't like to be made the fool or made to look the fool. Boy, you must have a hard time there. And you made me look the fool yesterday. That, yesterday, unbeknownst to you, oh. you did it. How did I do that? So last week you talked about your uh, delicious uh, Explorer Batch yeah. co- coffee. Explorer Batch. Right? Yeah. So I just happened to be at the uh, Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru the the, local yesterday, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, uh, the the sign for the Explorer Batch, the little uh, advertisement. Yes. yes. And I said, you know what? That looks good. Mike said it was good. I'm going to give it a try. See, they owe me money. I feel like a little bit of berry and everything else that's in there. <laughs> so I said, uh, I'll have a, a medium uh, of the Explorer Batch. Uh, uh, Black. No. Iced, iced coffee is what I said. Oh, you can't have that. They went nuts. You can't have that. This has to be hot only. Sir, we we don't have the Explorer Batch and, and iced coffee. What are you crazy? Then she goes, Claudette, this, this guy's asking for the Explorer Batch <laughs> and iced coffee. I'm like, this guy, this jokel. I drove off. You drove away. I drove away. You didn't make another selection? No. Oh. I couldn't. I was too embarrassed. Well, I'm sorry that I, I don't drink iced coffee. You should know this about me. No. Anyway. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Well, we have a special show today. We do. We got. A, we have a special. Special. We do. We're sitting here today. Mike and I are looking at each other like we normally do. Always. And uh, there's a presence looming over us. A Very presence. imposing. And uh, there's a third microphone here in the studio today. Mm. And this is not Momo Golden, who was. Uh, Damn it! I wanted to see Momo today. Who uh, graced us with his presence in the last program? Yep. We have a, uh, a special guest here today. This gentleman is a. Uh, he's a quasi scientist, quasi historian. Quasi. Quasi uh, bowler, all around good guy. Bowler, and he's much like. Uh, do you remember the show The X Files? Yeah, of course. Do you remember? Uh, Cancer, Anderson. Do you remember Cancer Man? Yeah, Cancer. Yeah. What did he do? Do you remember what he? He did? smoked a lot of cigarettes. He did, but he was like. Uh, he was like behind the scenes. Yeah. Like he was always he was knowledgeable about. It. He knew everything. So this is this is much like Cancer Man, except mm. his name is uh, Syphilis Man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what a what a moniker. <laughs> he's here today. He also goes by the name of Joe. And uh, Joe's here today, so go ahead and say hi, Joe. You blew the cover. I think you're referring to the smoking man. Yeah, they, call, they call them both, I think. They, they call them both, right? Yeah. The smoking man. Yeah, mostly smoke- smoking man. They call him cancer man in, in the later, because he gets cancer. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. okay. But, no, he's, you're both right. That's right. So we have a, uh, Joe is our special guest today. Sorry, I had to make the uh, quick adjustment there. Look like you're adjusting yourself. And uh, today is going to be an interesting show because it's going to be a three-way discussion. Ooh, a three-way. And uh, we like three ways here on the, uh, the EM Project. And, uh, Especially we, on Saturdays. We participate in them uh, quite often. Yeah. But today is the first time that we do it live here on the air in the studio. Yeah. And uh, we, we'd like to talk... Today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, as I said, Joe Joe is a... a, a he's got a... He's like us. He's not an expert on anything. I, think, I feel like already he's smarter than us. And but, we haven't even started the show. But he has a lot of knowledge on all kinds of various topics. Yeah. Okay? Expert. So today is going to be more of an alien program. And when I say alien, I mean uh, life on other worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to run the gamut from, you know... Is there life on other worlds? To are they smart enough to get here? What what is the life like? So, so more of a focus on the science aspect of it rather than yes. the uh, UFO abduction anal probe stories. Which well, are different. you know, there's going to be some science. Okay. There's going to be some uh, some pseudoscience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's going to be some science fiction all intermixed into this conversation. Are we going to mention Star Trek at all? It's quite possible. We should have a discussion over over which Star Trek is the best because I have my own opinion, mm. and uh, it probably differs from everybody else's. Mm. But anyway. So how are we going to start this show? This wonderful. Well, experience? I think I'd like to. I'd like to start it with. Let me just ask this question to you guys, okay? And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this because I think there's been a paradigm shift uh, in terms of the idea of life existing outside of Earth, mm-hmm. outside of life that we know it here on Earth, right? Growing up, going to school, nobody ever really talked about life elsewhere, they right? Did not. But now, since we've had probes. 
uh, going out throughout the, uh, the solar system and the galaxy and things of that sort. They've been, at least in the last 10, 15, 20 years, there's been the thought and the idea that there could be life elsewhere, not only uh, uh, in the solar system, but beyond that as well. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, me or the, or Joe? Well, you. We'll start with you, Mike, since okay. you're established. So I'm an established authority on these things. I feel like you're absolutely right that that the that any discussion of of life outside of Earth, uh, 20, 30 years ago was considered heretical, basically. Exactly. And I think a lot of it has to do with religion, which is completely, <laughs> in my opinion, unrelated. It shouldn't be related at all. One does one does not justify the non-existence of the other, if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah, so and especially in, and then even even then in the last five to ten years, it seems like it's gotten a lot more attention in the mainstream. It right. used, used to be alien life was considered a non a non topic for most people, sure. but it's in the mainstream media. So, Joe, you're, I mean, you're a couple of years younger than we are. I mean, do you recall, uh, you know, in your early formative days uh, going to school and things of that sort? Do you remember talking them, you know, teachers talking about the, the potential for life elsewhere? No, not growing up like an elementary school. That never came up, you know, in a classroom setting, um, even when you learned about the solar system and things of that nature. But that'd be a discussion maybe you'd have with your nerdy friends that like science fiction. Sure. You know, it's a very n normal question. But I do remember it being um, visible in the media, like growing up in the 90s, the films and TV shows. So that kind of elicited it. But mm. in a formal educational discussion, not at all. It never even came up. So where did where did, where did did that, you know, thought really kind of manifest for you, Joe? Where, where did you first start getting into and interested in this sort of thing? So I think growing up in the 90s when you watch certain science fiction, like as we discussed earlier, Star Trek or X-Files and things like that, it just begs the question, like, hmm, do we think this is real now? Mm. You know, for the most part, we hope it's not because most of these things are created for entertainment purposes. They're almost like horror movies or whatnot. Uh, but it still opens the question of, you know, what would something be like from another world? And what I've always said since college is I look at these questions, which are actually, to me, philosophical questions, no different than, you know, the meaning of life or, you know, why are we here, religion, thinking about maybe life on other worlds, is look at it from the perspective of an anthropologist. Of an anthropologist, mm -hmm. not someone that's on Howard Stern that wants some money and shock value, but as if, for example, you know, we're on an expedition and we find, let's say, a new tribe in the Amazon that we're a thousand years ahead with technology and we're going to study them. And how would that go? So I try to look at it from that perspective. Like if, you know, there's a, a culture or species that is a million years more evolved than us, and we can get into that in depth later on. How would they react to us? And mm -hmm. we seem to think that they would make contact with us and solve all our problems, right. cure all our diseases, our energy problems. But like, would is that realistic? Would we do that? Mm. So, well, using that analogy, I mean, I think we've, you know, like you said, we've discovered uh, lost tribes in the Amazon, and I think we try to stay away from them as much yes. as possible. Yeah. Right. I know sometimes we will fly planes and drones over them to kind of like observe them from above. Yeah. And then they like want to fire, they throw things at exactly, them. throw yeah. rocks and shoot. Well, what would you do? You, don't, you don't know what that is. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting perspective. And then you wonder on the flip side of that, if there are alien presences uh, in this in the area that uh, in the commuting distance to Earth, if you will, if you will, uh, are they doing the same thing to us? Are they are they leaving us alone? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we're not aware of their presence. So they're leaving us alone. In, in, in sure. That sense. So let, let's look at it this way. Right. So how old do scientists believe? Right. Because a lot of these things, you know, they, they, they fall into the umbrella of science. Uh, but I think that there's still a lot of unanswered questions, right? Things that we sure. don't know. So how old do they say, scientists say, that the, that the universe is, right? From the Big Bang up until where we are today. 300 billion years? I, I don't know. 14, we, no, I'm sorry, 14 billion years, I think, is generally like the accepted number somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's in the, is it 8 billion? We could look it up. Uh, shame on me for not knowing that. But So I think maybe where we're going with this is how, how old is modern humanity 40,000 years mm. and the technological age you could say maybe started in the 1940s mm. with uh with world war ii they developed rockets radar nuclear weapons computers mm -hmm. who are highly aggressive species emerging with all this technology and that's right around the time of the foo fighters and the ufos which we discussed last episode that's true perfect yeah. yes so i think maybe what you're getting at is that in the scale of how old the universe is, we're a newer species. So you could have older species, maybe a species that's a billion years older than us, which would lead to two things. Number one, they're more evolved than us. Mm -hmm. So if you were to compare humans to the most advanced life on the earth from a billion years ago, it would be like a worm. Mm. So now we're talking about a species that maybe is so much more advanced than us, we can't comprehend it. The other thing is that the time issue, 
we've been exploring space. I think 1946, we took a captured German V2 rocket and launched it into orbit, mm -hmm. put a camera on it. You can watch it on YouTube. It's the first time humanity left orbit. So, you know, less than 100 years we've been traveling in space. So if you have a species that's been traveling in space for 40,000 years, they have time to explore most of the universe, assuming mm. they have the technology. So at that point, yes, they could have found us. Mm. So Well, I think one of the things that you're bringing up is, is, is right uh, uh, one of the topics that I wanted to briefly discuss today, if I could bring it up now. And that would be the Fermi paradox, mm -hmm. which mm. you basically just said it. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, if for those of you who don't know what it is, so basically what the, the Fermi paradox is that uh, it, it examines the question of if there are aliens, where are they? So given that the Earth is part of a young, a relatively young planetary system compared to the rest of the universe, and that interstellar travel might be fairly easy to achieve for those civilizations that have been around longer, the theory is, is that the Earth should have been visited by aliens already. So if aliens are real and they're out there, how come they're not visiting us, right? Well, so that's the Fermi paradox. Sure. Well, they very well could be. Right. Um, we just don't know that. And so where I was going with the original posed question of 14 billion years is, it took Earth so long to, in our solar system, to be able to coalesce and come together to the point where we could have a planet and we could have life existing and stuff. Mm. What about something that was closer to the actual epicenter of the Big Bang? Could it have coalesced mm. a lot sooner mm -hmm. and things have maybe progressed a lot sooner in terms right. of li uh, planets and life and things of that sort? Mm. So, uh, if, no, I, if I may, no, yeah. um, one quick point I'd like to make is that if you compare... What's the most advanced thing that humanity does? Nuclear weapons, computers, whatnot. And then uh, what, what are we only 1% more evolved, I think, than the great apes? Mm -hmm. And if you look at the um, the most advanced thing they do is they take a rock and open like a coconut. Or I think mm -hmm. one orangutan saw humans fishing, so he mimicked it. Mm -hmm. So we think, you know, we're the we're the toughest kid on the block. We're the smartest. Like, look, look at what we did. And that's a 1% mm -hmm. advancement in DNA. If you have a species that's 5% more advanced... You know, it's beyond our comprehension. And the other thing I always say to people is like, if you went back in time, if such a thing was possible, 1,000, 2,000 years ago, 500 years ago, you can pick whatever number you'd like. You could pick 200 years, but let's say 1,000 years. And you got with the brightest minds of the time. You know, you got with uh, Aristotle, Plato, uh, Galileo, and you brought them to the present time and showed them a Boeing 747, man walking on the moon, your smartphone, you know, mapping... DNA, online porn, <laughs> on even the internet itself, yes, right. electron yes. microscope, nuclear weapons, they would not be able to comprehend it. That's a thousand year change. Now let's take that change and talk about a hundred thousand years. Let's talk about a million years. Yeah. Mm. So we don't think it's possible to traverse the universe. Oh, that you can't go that fast. Mm -hmm. Just like they didn't think they could break uh, the sound barrier. And to think about, you know, what, let's open our minds to the possibilities now, when you get to that place, you think about what could be going on. And a lot of people seem to think that if there are super advanced civilizations, we're not that interesting to them. Mm, right. We're very plain and, and unremarkable. Maybe we're not as special as we think we are. And that's a humbling way to think. Hmm. Yeah, that is. It is because, you know, like you said, if, if, if and I don't know what the actual term is, there's a, there's a specific term for it, but every... 10 years technology goes up a certain percentage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you think about 10 years ago where we, where we were just 10 years ago, some of the stuff that we have now, you know, the uh, autonomous vehicles and, uh, you know, electric cars that are becoming more mainstream and things of that sort. Imagine what it would be like in a million years. Million. Yeah. I mean, something too, that we, that we need to look at. And, and I'm glad that we, we have these discussions. I'm glad the podcast exists where these, uh, uh, relatively intelligent amateur minds such as ours can have these <laughs> discussions, right? Because I think a lot of times the mainstream science and scientists, they don't want to think outside the box so much, right? Because it's easy just to be inside what is known to them, mm -hmm. right? And a, an example I bring up is the, uh, something we talked about a while ago, the umumumu, or whatever the hell it's called. I was going oh, to yeah. mention it later, yeah. What, what is it called again? I the, no, mispronounced it's, it. You're, you're, I don't know how to pronounce it either, but it's like the unumumumua. Yeah, it was a thing that came flying into our solar system from yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, there's, um, there's been some developments in that. There actually, have, in and the I, last and couple of weeks. The only thing I'm going to say about it quickly as it relates to scientists and things of that sort is I watched something recently about it, and there were some mainstream scientists that basically said, I wish that this thing didn't exist. Right. Meaning that <laughs> it's outside what they can understand and explain. It's like, right. but that doesn't make any sense. Why would you not sense. want it to exist, right? You want to be able right. to challenge yourself and be able to try well, to figure these things out. Not, not, to, not, to, uh, not to divert totally from our topic, but th that there's a, you know, in today's society, science is brought up all the time, mm. especially with, you know, COVID and everything. And everyone believe goes, the science. believe the science, yeah. believe the science. But then a scientist will come out and say, wait a minute. 
I think this is what's going on. And, right. and no, no, that's not the right science. That's not the one yeah. we want to listen and just to. Just to take a quick side to that. I mean, science is not infallible, right? It's, sure it's, it's not. It, it, it adapts and it adjusts when it gets more information. And it learns and it, and it you know, puts out a different, you know, a law, a theory, or hypothesis or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not so set in stone. It can, it can change. So, Well, let me ask Joe, because uh, he's obviously extremely knowledgeable at this type of su- subject. Is there anything that's in – you mentioned movies before. Mm-hmm. Have there been any movies that would be, in your opinion, kind of s- accurate, if you will, with regard to the, the topic that we're discussing? Not, not necessarily alien, li- mm. but like you know the, the, the science behind it. So I would say there's a film called Arrival. It's got Forrest Whitaker. I think yeah. Amy Adams. Yep. Yep. So, again, it's an interesting movie to watch one time. I'd never watch it again. It's a little slow and boring. Again, mm-hmm. you make a movie to make money. Sure. And you make a movie like Independence Day. That movie was phenomenal. I mean, I saw it when I was 11 years old. What a great movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you make a movie to make money. So, I mean, I don't look at Hollywood to show the most realistic representations of what could be. Even uh, the movie Fire in the Sky, Travis Walton. Mm-hmm. That movie is not accurate at all. Right. If they had made the movie based on what he said actually happened, it would people most people would be like, this is a boring film. Well, they made it like a horror movie, right? They, like it was, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was effective to watch as a kid. It's a scary movie and made people think that these aliens are like demons and monsters. What really happened is he claims he woke up. Mm-hmm. They were looking at him and he actually said, get away from me, leave me alone. Mm. And according to him, they did exactly what he asked. Yeah. So the movie Arrival is about these ships arrived they can't understand the science they can't figure out why they're there and they're trying to figure out how to communicate with them now the only thing i'll say is that if a species is capable of coming here they're however hundreds or thousands of years more advanced than us they can figure out how to communicate with us they Mm. can upload our internet and figure out you know an easy way to translate but it makes for an interesting movie that they use a linguist um and then you know why they're there turns out that you know they need humanity's help kind of a thing but it really shows how different these creatures could be and it's, I'm reminded of the famous quote that says, there are two possibilities. Either we are alone in the universe mm-hmm. or we are not. And each is equally as frightening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that Carl Sagan that said that, I think? Yeah, yeah Carl Sagan, yeah. So I- interesting that you, you bring up the movie thing because that was something I wanted to talk about later as well. But yeah. just, to, just to bounce off of what he said, and it's one of my favorite, and I don't even know if it's like alien mm-hmm. because cause you're left asking a lot of questions at the end. Are these aliens or is this a species that's always been here? And that's uh, the abyss. Yes, uh, with Ed Harris okay. and yeah. uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, one of the coolest names. Who gets her shirt ripped off? Yes. and they're doing CPR. Not that that's a bad thing. And when I saw it as a youth, I was uh, amazed that you, I could see her bosoms. Did you have to pause it? You know, like when you used to pause yes. the VCR. And it's like fuzzy. You it. be all fuzzy. It's all like grainy the, and the stuff. The lines would be in the uh, middle. Yeah, exactly. And then if you adjust the tracking just right, you can actually the track. But, yes. it, but it, it really yes. makes you think, and it gives you a, a kind of like makes you. Uh, that, and that's what I like with movies. At the end of the movie, it's over, and you you kind of like. Well, what for those because that's an sure. that's an old movie. So like, what was the, what was that about? Like, yeah, so it was these uh, basically these underwater. Uh, I think they were like oil rig. Uh, yeah, they, the, they were drilling for oil underneath the ocean, okay. basically. Um, and there was a. Uh, I guess they they lost the, the government lost the nuclear weapon that they had to go down and get. Okay. Is right? Is that the premise of the I don't movie? Know. There it's was a long... nuke, and that's why the aliens got involved. Because... Right. It was. A, oh, it was a long. I've seen I it a long see. time ago. Actually, I should watch it again because there's a director's cut apparently that is really good. So there's aliens in it, but we don't know. Well, well, here's what happened. Well, I don't want to give the whole movie away, I but so it. they the the government basically uh, uses these workers, these underwater uh, oil workers, to go down and try to retrieve, help retrieve this nuclear weapon that has been lost. Mm-hmm. They bring in some Navy SEALs, and uh, you know, it gets a little weird there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they end up going down and trying to retrieve it, and they, they come across uh, an interesting species at the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but you don't know if they're alien to, if they came here from somewhere else. They, I don't think they explain that in the movie at all. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give it away, but I would say, do you want me to? I tell you. I <laughs> well, mean, it's been out for 30 well, years. It's <laughs> been out since 1990. So yeah, they're they're perceived to be extraterrestrials because they have a massive craft at the end. Correct. So to think that they are, they're terrestrial, you know, with a ship like that at the bottom of the ocean, I mean, you'd really have to go down the rabbit hole and say, you know, oh, maybe they're from the earth, but they... they Migrated to the bottom of the ocean in giant ships. I don't know, but that is one of the theories, though, that there are civilizations, intelligent civilizations, yeah. that live on the bottom of the ocean. Right. Now, I think that if you were going to be an alien and you came here to study us, you know, no different than if we were assigned to study this new Amazon tribe that just developed gunpowder mm-hmm. and are 150 miles from a city. They have guns. They could hurt you. Sure. And they could yep. be the same thing with us. Hey, the, there's these humans with nukes and spaceships right. and rockets. Keep an eye on them. They love to kill each other. Right. We're looking at their history. Hmm. Now, where would you go? Now, do you have advanced Romulan cloaking devices that takes <laughs> a lot of energy? Or maybe you're nearby 
you know, maybe you're in orbit around Saturn or the moon or something invisible, totally conceivable. But if you want to be real close, the perfect place to hide is at the bottom of the ocean. Mm. You know, you're not going to hide like parked on top of, you know, a city with a cloaking device. You're going to hide at the bottom bottom of the ocean. Nobody's mm. going to see you. No one's going to find you. Mm. You know, so that, that fits about that movie. And I think there's been some military like sightings if you will about that kind of thing happening i mean i'm not an expert on that but right and, I, and going along those lines right that's the, the uso right is, is a phenomenon that's often reported the un, uh, unidentified submerged object mm-hmm. essentially you meant like the uso yeah like you're the airport get, yeah yeah the airport or like when we were in japan and yes. you would go and get chicken dumbery and you would, uh, watch tv and cry because and you wanted to go home you wanted and, to go home so bad <laughs> and sleep and you're stuck there and you're looking around and everybody's depressed and it around sucks you. good times it always sucks when you get there like you're yeah. waiting in the USO and you're and, on your way somewhere and you're like, and you uh, always feel like a charity case when you walk into the USO. And you're, you're, like, like, you're just like, ooh, your head's down. And- t- give me your huddled masses. <laughs> you're like, we have graham crackers and here's a crappy couch with like That's bed right. bugs. And somebody was just sleeping and crying yeah. on, and now you have to lay. You know, can was- I charge my phone? No. <laughs> there was actually one time I was in an airport and I had left the USO. I was in my uh, my service alphas because I was going to check into a new duty station. Fancy. And I'm sitting at the terminal and uh, I see a guy typing feverishly at the uh, at the terminal. The uh, the airline worker mm-hmm. and he's looking at me and he's talking on his phone and he's typing I'm like what did I do <laughs> you must have done something right so then he, he calls me up to the counter and he says uh, well I just wanted to say uh, thank you for your service young man and I um, I, I boosted you up to first class wow yeah Ooh, put me in first, first and class. only time <laughs> first and only time and I was so scared and I didn't know what to do and I'm sitting in first class and you they came fell over. asleep. I did. Yeah, I and they did. woke me up and they offered me free drinks and food and I turned it all down. What the hell's wrong with you? Because I was too nervous, too scared. You, you didn't want to accept the free. You know what's funny? Uh, Veterans Day, right? Yeah. Um, I don't ever accept anything on Veterans Day. People get, go to the, the, oh, I'm going to go to Applebee's, Applebee's and get oh a free meal. God. I'm not going to do that, man. I feel like people, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I understand that people are trying to do something nice for veterans and stuff. But I'm not gonna go accept a free meal like and, and people people do that like they make a cottage industry of we know people mm. who who go out of their way to accept accolades you know, and things of that sort and you're like and they make stuff wrong, up sometimes what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, the only thing I do is I park in the veteran spot at Lowe's when I go there. Do to, you really? To there's get, a veteran spot? Oh, there's a bunch. There's like four of them. Yeah, they had a veteran spot at uh, Bertucci's at the mall. Oh, wow. I go to pick up a pizza. I'd park in the veteran spot. I'm oh, that's like, pretty cool. This what was what mall was it. that? Emerald Square Mall. Oh, I was actually Emerald, Emerald, Emerald Square, Square Mall, Mall today. We were just yes. discussing Emerald Good Square Good segue. Mall. You know, I, I wanted to mention that, actually, but you, you brought it up perfectly. You know, there was a rumor that Emerald Square Mall was sinking into the into a marsh like 20 years ago. Remember that it's rumor true. that was it's going true, around? true, but it's still there. Still I there. sunk, something sunk into me today. <laughs> wow. I went, I went to the, so I went and this got my, family show. my obligatory, uh, obligatory uh, Asian mall massage. Oh, why does that have to be Asian? Well, that's just what it is. It's, it's an Asian it mall is. massage. Okay. Um, so I go in there, and a couple strange things happen. Did they right? tickle your feet? So I made a critical <laughs> error in timing. So oh no. I walked in at shift change, right? Oh, no. And the lady that was massaging me was in the middle of shift change, and she looked at me, and she, I saw her. I don't like to see them. What do you, I, mean, you, don't, what do you mean you don't like to see them? They dark? blindfold does you or something? Dark? No, no, no. Because when they usually the lady at the counter is different than the lady that massages you. Yeah. So I yeah, but, get, yeah, but hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never participated in this, okay. so I don't know. So you walk in, right? And there's the mama-san, and you pay the mama-san, right? And <laughs> yes, yes, you pay. And, and the, then, okay, so you pay the lady. Up well, front, no, no, you don't. You pay at the and end. She starts a timer. Oh, you, you pay, pay at the end. end. Oh, you pay at the end. I'm, what you what pay stops as you, you from? Go. What stops you from running away? Well, I'll tell you exactly how it works. Okay. You walk in. There's a a, a, a a nice older lady who's at the counter. Uh-huh. She asks you. She doesn't even ask you anything. She just points to a sign on the wall, <laughs> and you point to what services and the time that you what? want. What? <laughs> Are there pictures of the services? So generally what happens is... Are they uh, clean? She shows me into the little uh, uh, booth, basically. It's like curtains around this little table. You know, I have to tell you, this sounds an awful lot like prostitution. No, no, no. It's all legit. Okay. So normally I just go in there, and then I put my face in that little thing, you know? So wait a minute. So you don't know who's in there? No. So what if I came out and started rubbing you? It's fine. Would you like that? That's the whole point. You're missing the point. I'm not missing the point. (laughs) This whole thing sounds made up and crazy. I don't want to see the massage lady. Why not? Because it lets me work my own fantasies in my mind. Super model. It could be like... I want to see who it is. uh, It could be like a, you know, like a... Cindy Crawford circa they, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation. I don't. I think you have an over. Not Cindy Crawford. Uh, Christy Brinkley. You don't. You have. A, you underestimate the amount of people who don't like you. Somebody could sneak in there and try to hurt you. So anyway, my po- whole point is that because it was that shift change, I saw the lady that was massaging oh, me, here we go. and it threw me off. So what did you do? I went in anyway. So I went in anyway. So, but so how the, are you thrown off? Yeah. Were you impressed? Because she, I was not unimpressed. Uh. She was old and unattractive. So the old lady at the front, she followed you back to give you the massage, and you didn't like it. No, a different lady. 
was coming up from the back room. So normally you don't ever look up to see. No, who's I don't doing want it. to look up. I don't and, want to look up. And they don't talk to you during it. No. So how do they know what to do? They just do it. What if you have like tension in a certain they area? They work all the tension. If you want to talk to them, you can talk to them. So anyway, you ever been on a massage table? Yeah. So here's the other strange thing that happened. <laughs> after I have to put this woman out of my mind. Oh my God. So you put your face down in this little hole, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very constricting. And now... Because I'd be afraid of, someone would suffocate. Because of COVID. That's the point I'm getting at. <laughs> you can't take your mask off. Oh, man. So uh, I put my mask on and I got my face in this little massage thing. And you, can, you can hear me. I'm muffling. Yeah, I'm, I'm muffling. muffling. Yeah. I can barely breathe. So at first I was scared. It sounds like a dominatrix. Session. I was scared and nervous, but then as it went on, <laughs> you need one of these. And she was getting, she was really getting into it, and Hold I was card. like, asphyxiated, and it was like adding an extra element to the what? massage. He just Joe just produced some sort of document. Your papers. papers. Your papers. What is that paper? COVID vaccine record oh, card. Your he's papers. a vaccinated person. No. But you missed, you missed my, you missed the point. I didn't miss it. I understood. It made everything. it more exciting because I couldn't breathe during. So the, you like that asphyxia? Well, it was interesting. Yeah, because it made me don't like. Don't go too far now, because the, you don't want it on your death certificate to say death by sexual misadventure. There was some misadventure, <laughs> for sure. How do we get talking about Asian? Massages? Well, he brought up the mall. He was at the mall the other day. I wonder well, if I, Robert I, Kraft I, goes there. <laughs> that's He's a Florida. That's a Florida move. That's Florida. Yeah. You know, speaking of, okay, so everybody, no, not everybody knows who Robert Kraft. Sorry, is. we're off topic a little show. bit. It's fine. But yeah, so. Let's say he's a billionaire, okay? He is. Uh, he has all the money in the world. Why would he go to mm. a strip mall? What, wouldn't he just fly in the masseuses? Yeah, to so his, to his that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, but why? He got caught up at the Asian Lily or some something yeah, in but Florida. Why would he go to the $50 massage place when he can get... Maybe he just doesn't care. He, he, he did he care, though, because he got caught. But that's yeah. the thing. When you have so much money, you think that like, rules don't apply to you. Yeah. yeah he, took, he took it on the nose with that one. He did. In a couple other places. But you know what? It, <laughs> it went away, though, didn't it? Yeah, it surely did. Yeah. So anyway, so we we, we got off topic. We're talking about uh, well, we were talking about movies that were accurate. Exactly. And I wanted to mm. ask Joe's opinion because I actually did some research for the show. Believe it or not, go for it. So this doesn't have as much to do with aliens as it does with the science mm-hmm. about uh, extra extra terrestrial planets. Have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Yes, Matthew McConaughey. That's a trippy movie. Okay, so I've I've seen it twice and I don't understand it. Basically, the the, the premise of the movie is that the Earth is dying. Uh, you know that there's some sort of oxygen problem mm. and nasa has to try to find another planet for us to live on now supposedly the science behind the movie is accurate mm-hmm. and in in uh gravity uh, and uh physics and science and things of that sort and it's a it's a trippy movie and i don't want to give it away because it is entertaining but i just don't understand the movie but i wanted to ask joe's opinion is that something that you feel is is scientifically accurate Maybe the the way they made it. I know that scene with where they go near the black hole is supposed to be, you know, accurate. Right. But, I mean, you'd have to go off of our estimate of what the technology will be like because they're they're not at a technological level of like Star Trek where you can no. just pile into a starship right. and like oh get two thousand people in the ship. Like that's a higher level of technology. That movie, it, what is a hundred or two hundred years in the future? So like we're yeah. getting close to that point, but we're not quite there. Like. I don't think they could have evacuated the whole planet. They were, right. they were having problems. Right. Um, but I think everything else probably is accurate hmm. as far as we know. I know that movie came out before the actual uh, computer-generated images of the black hole. Right. And that's exactly what it looked like. Mm. But that is a cool movie. And um, yeah. I think there's some aliens at the end of it, if I'm not mistaken. And, but Yeah, and then they touch on, they t- also touch on um, something that you, you and I had discussed, Jay, before the show. And that was the... Um, one of the backup plans that, and I'm not giving anything away. You mm-hmm. still watch the movie, but one of the backup plans that NASA has is to inseminate mm-hmm. another planet mm. with our genetic material. Mm. So not necessarily send people. Can I volunteer for that? Yeah. So there's the the, the collection process for ah. that is very entertaining. Okay. From what I understand, Ooh, but it's getting a little blue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so one of the theories that we, that we thought we were going to discuss today about how how life may have evolved on this planet and maybe others was the. The panthermia. Well, we can talk about that if you'd like. The, the theories that, you know, this planet's life came from somewhere else, whether it be right. life was on Mars and then Mars got hit by a meteor and some of the genetic material was on the meteor, mm-hmm. a chunk of it that then hit here, and that's where life came from. Or was it aliens intentionally left, uh, you know, genetic markers here? That's in that movie. Um, what, what are the alien movies? The newer ones, Prometheus, is kind of based on that. Mm. When we can go down the rabbit hole as far as you want, but what were we going to say? Well, before we get into that, I, I just have a because I, I have just a quick question about black holes, and I think we'll take our quick break. But mm-hmm. so I don't. I've I always had a hard, hard time in understanding the concept of black holes, and I think the reason is is because when you learn about them, 
you ha- it's the word hole in it, right? So you think hole is empty, it's just a black space and there's nothing there, right? Mm-hmm. So they say a black hole and light goes in, the gravity is so intense that the light goes in and can't escape. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying, but but is there is there a mass there? Is there is there something that is tangible that is sucking mm-hmm. this in? Well, or is it literally just nothingness? I think they call it a, singu- a singularity. And the thing about understanding black holes, I'll be honest with you, the math f- behind a black hole was discovered before anyone even knew, knew what it was. And Albert Einstein himself saw this math and was like, this can't be possible. So Einstein himself did not believe. And again, he's he has limitations of the technology available and you can't take anything away from the guy. But when he saw the math and did the math, which was there and the math doesn't lie, he's like, this is cannot exist. This cannot be possible. And then I think it was black holes were proven in the late 60s, early 70s. And then they were just only a couple of years ago, quote unquote, seen, you know, with uh, computer imaging and everything. But basically, it's when the star, either star will burn out and go supernova or collapses in on itself. Mm. And then you want to get even more trippy. Mathematically, there could be the existence of a white hole. Which is the exact opposite. I got a white hole. Yeah, that's definitely uh, enigmatic. It's a pink hole. But is anything that exists mass? I would. I don't know. I wish my friend Dave was here, and I've talked to you about him a lot. I'm not an expert on black holes, and he is, so I I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Something you just said. I've never heard of that. What's a white hole again? It's 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 just something that exists. Like either they proved it mathematically, or it's just like it's like a wormhole. We've never actually seen it, but it could theoretically exist. So like the converse of a black hole, right? In another dimension Uh, or another universe, or maybe it does exist somewhere where it's the literally the opposite of a white hole, where instead of it essentially sucking in everything around it, I know that's not the proper. I know one of those ladies once. It's that it just always energy is leaving it. It's literally just the opposite of it. So. Mm. I'm not an expert on black holes, and on the on the break, I can certainly verify. But I mean, it's not easy to understand. Sure, no, for sure, especially for people like me who don't know anything. All right, so that was that was an interesting first half of the show. It, it was flew a, by. I can tell you that. Yeah, it was a, definitely a deep dive there. Sure, uh, my brain is uh, has, has done a ninety degree turn inside of my skull. Mm. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. And, and something I want to mention, I, actually, I want to mention earlier, but this is a perfect segue for that. Um, for any new listeners out there of the Eon Project. Um, we do a lot of things here on the show that are tongue in cheek, if you will, right? Yeah. So, and an, an example of that, and I don't want to confuse the listeners. An example of that is last week when we uh, we talked a little bit about the about the Beatles, yeah, and we did a pseudo Beatles um, bit, if you will. Yeah, I said if you will again. You keep saying if you will. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the whole, if you go back and listen to that show, the whole thing I talked about about the about Ringo Starr and Andy White and the previous drummers and, and the previous history of the Beatles was all 100% true and accurate. And then we went right into talking about Momo Golden. Who was not a real person. Who was not a real Beatle. He was not a real person. It was just part of the bit that we did. I think people... So I, 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 I just want to make sure saying. some people don't... It yeah. doesn't confuse some people. Yeah. Because I'm sure some people Google well, we'll Momo Golden anyway. to see if they could find him, and they couldn't find him. But our guest today is not made up. He's a real person. No, he's a real person. <laughs> so we think. That is not a voice that I've made up for the show. No, Computer can I say voice. something, too, before you go to the break? Yeah, yeah. Uh, our guest, Joe, and I don't think he understands this or realizes it, his voice sounds eerily... Like Nicolas Cage. I've heard that from other people. You before. sound exactly like Nicolas. Really? You sound like a smarter Nicolas Cage. Can I at least be Con Air Nicolas Cage? Because wasn't <laughs> yeah. he in Marines or whatever? Was he in Army? No, I want you to be. I want you to be. What's his crappiest movie? Oh no, I can't say. Oh, that. National Adventure. What's a really? What was that one with Cher he did when he was Nicholas Coppola? Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah, you could be that one. He was in. A, he was like a sorcerer in one crappy movie. It was like a kids movie. Well, I don't know, but he sounds like I, can't I saw one recently where he was like you a sound like dirty, him. slimy trucker, and he was like. No, like there's having a, relations with random women. There's and, a whole cottage industry cool. now of Nicolas Cage bad movies. It's yeah. funny to look at. He yeah. would do any movie. Was yeah. he was broke, right? Isn't yeah. that why? Yeah, he was like a vampire. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So anyway, the the point, I, the tongue in cheek thing I brought up is because to introduce this next bit, it's not a bit actually. It's a musical act that we're going to play. Okay, and this is a legit musical band. Musical. All band. right, they exist. They play, and they're awesome. Huh. So it's a band called uh, Kingsman. Um, and we're gonna play a track off of their of their uh, debut album, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's called "Revenge, Forgiveness, and Recovery." Is the album, and the title of the track is "Until I've Departed." Okay, Ooh. and we're gonna talk more about them when we come back. We're gonna play their song, and we're gonna hype them here when we come back in a minute. All right. And my entire world could come crashing down 
All right, that was Until I've Departed by The Kingsman, or Kingsman. Is it you... The Kingsman or Kingsman? No, it's Kingsman. It's Kingsman. That's cool. So, Mike, let me ask you a question. This is music-related. Um, I'm probably not going to know. So, do you think that I'm... Uh, do you think I'm difficult? Do you think I can be a difficult person? Yes. Do you think I'm hard to please? Uh, depends on where. I well, guess. I mean, in general. I don't mean... In, ge- in general? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I have a discerning ear. Uh, when it comes to music? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's my point about the about Kingsman, okay? So I tend to be a music snob. Mm-hmm. I know what I like mm-hmm. and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take me long to realize that if I like something or if I don't in terms of music listening to it. And a lot of times, too, if you if you hear a new band, um, the first time you hear it, you're kind of unsure. Yeah. Um, you may like it at the end or not. You have to listen to it a few times. I have to tell you, the first note of the first song on that album, because Joe brought it to my attention, and we're going to talk more about that here in a second, I was totally hooked, man. I was hooked. They're actually a local act. They're a local band here out of the Blackstone Valley region. Where's the Blackstone Valley for those of people? Because we have people from listen from sure. all over well, the world. Sure. The, well, the region I'm talking about is Northern Rhode Island, Southern Massachusetts area, uh-huh. uh, from Providence, the Providence area. Uh, you know that that particular period spot spot, if yeah. you will. But anyway, if you will. so this band was brought to my attention by Joe, our guest here today. Hello. And Joe has actually a personal connection with the band. Uh, if he wants to talk a little bit about that, and we'll uh, and then we'll talk about how you can hear him and see him and Sounds get great. their music. So the lead singer Tanner is one of my closest friends. You know, people throw out the the term, "Oh, he's my best friend," and that's cool. But close friend, you know, means a lot. And you know, I've always supported all of his projects and everything. So um, I asked Jay if he likes this particular kind of music, and he said yes. So I got him a CD, and he did what he just said a couple seconds ago is 100% true. He did say that he's like I was. You know, at the first note, I was all about this, which is great. So I got him a signed copy of the CD, and um, he's a huge fan, and it just worked out perfectly. So um, he's a great friend of mine. I've known him for maybe about six or seven years, and he'd be great on this show. I mean, he could talk to him about any topic. (laughs) You know, and and, you know, and if I can say too, like I, I I had a chance to go out to Indiana last year. I brought a copy of the CD with me. Mm -hmm. I uh, distributed it out that way. Um, and I would say that the band, if you're into metal, these guys can can mm-hmm. definitely hang with any of the of the, you know, the newer metal bands that have come up today. Any metal band, to be quite honest, they uh, they definitely rock hard. They're melodic and they're musically just extremely talented. So I I, I appreciate that they allowed us to play their song here on the uh, on the Eon Project, and uh, we we like to plug any new music that we can. So I want to say if you want to check them out, go on Facebook. Kingsman Ri comes right up. Nice. All right. So our topic of the day with our special guest Joe. Uh, is we're talking about the science of of extraterrestrial life, not necessarily UFOs in specifically, but the, the the concept of life on other planets. We've discussed a number of things already in that regard. But I wanted to go back in time if we could. You like going back in time? I like to get my little time machine. We're gonna go back to 1977. You remember that year? Oh, I do. I remember. I remember it vividly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, ABBA was at the top of the charts. What and, is ABBA's uh, deal, anyway? Are they, are they like a polygamous cult? I'll tell you, if you go back and look at some old ABBA videos... Those chicks were hot. Oh, the blonde one, especially. I, I love, is that Dancing Queen? Is that yes. A, oh, yeah, yeah. I love late 70s, early 80s uh, ladies. Mm-hmm. They have they just do no, something No, they for look me. unkempt. No. Yes, they 80s do. ladies. No. 80s ladies. No, 70s ladies look unkempt. 80s ladies look nice. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John. Was that 70s or 80s? That was late, early 80s. Early 80s. Hmm. Let's get the, physical. The leg warmers and the headband. Hey, real quick about the Let's Get Physical video. If you don't know what that is, look up Olivia Newton-John, Let's Get Physical. She's still alive. Yes. It oh. was a classic early 80s uh, hit song, and the video is is her doing like aerobics and things of that oh. sort. And I saw it recently, and I hadn't seen it in many, many years. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's some strange uh, homoerotic <laughs> action that happens at the end of that Whoa. that I didn't remember as a kid, but now I do. I'm more aware of it. I'm going to have to check that out. Go for it. So anyway, we're going back to 1977, like I said before. There was an astronomer by the name of Jerry Amon, E-H-M-A-N, Amon, Eamon, Amon. Eamon. Who was monitoring the Big Ear Radio Telescope in Ohio as part of the SETI project. You familiar with SETI? Ah, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. That's correct. Uh, When he noticed that it was an odd radio signal coming from the Sagittarius constellation, which I don't know what what's the Sagittarius uh, sign? It's is a like, bull, isn't it? Is that the bull? Oh no, that's Taurus. That's Taurus. What's Sagittarius? I don't know what Sagittarius is. Anyway, it's a constellation mm. of stars. So Mr. Mr. Eamon was monitoring the Big Ear Radio Telescope. He he notices a weird signal. It was so weird that he wrote the word "Wow" in the margins of the oh, printout. Did it have an exclamation point? It did. It was a signal that lasted about seventy seconds, and the reason it made it stand out was it was thirty times stronger than all radio waves in the background of mm. that area. However, it stopped 
and they weren't able to track it again despite 50 more attempts to locate it. They were never able to find it again. I got you. Now, when I say radio telescope, and a lot of people don't know, and I, I don't know a whole lot about science in this regard, but people hear telescope and they think that someone's looking no. through an optical thing. A radio telescope doesn't look for isn't isn't like that. It looks for radio signals, radio waves, yes, radio waves, and they they use those signals to help determine uh, things. Right. And this, the, they call it the wow signal, was unexplained. Uh, and I wanted to ask Joe's opinion of the wow. So it's very famous. I'm sure you're familiar with it. So uh, I mean, I can go. Whichever angle you want to do, if you want me to... Well, let me ask you about SETI quick. Yeah. So SETI, they send out signals, and they also receive signals. Is that correct? It's mostly listening, I feel like. Okay. Mostly listening for alien signals. So here's the thing. Like, I'm sure in a thousand years, humanity will have something more advanced and faster than radio. Radio waves, certain signals get weaker over distances, and they're limited to the speed of light. As far as we know, that's the fastest anything can travel is the speed of light. But then when you watch Star Wars and Star Trek and all these things, you know, they make up for that. You can travel faster than the speed of light. That's how you can get, you know, to other solar systems so quickly and whatever. So, I mean, it's conceivable that you might be able to send some type of a signal faster. So the thing about the WOW signal is that the thing about SETI is that we're listening for radio waves. Now, I'm sure if there's an alien civilization that's a billion years more advanced than us, they're not using radio. Right, but, but they the only f- broadcast in a certain band, right? Which is like hydrogen, I think, or something, Yeah, right? beca- thinking that, like, hy- you know, what is life? Is hydrogen-based or silicon-based? Mm-hmm. So we're assuming... I, yeah, I've, I'm with you on that, but one of the thoughts is that if, let's say, you're the leader of this alien civilization, the, you're the, the Romulan Klingon, you're Lord, you're Lord something from the Quasar Pulse my system. alien language. Lord and short pants. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, let's look let's look throughout the universe for aliens. Let's, uh, what did we use 10,000 years ago? We'll use this thing called radio. Okay, mm. get that out of the storage and hook that up. You know, mm. that, there's a theory behind that. Um, now, as I said, radio waves are limited to the speed of light. So, basically... The farthest human signals have been about 200 light years. Now, the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across, and the observable universe is what? Is it 9 billion light years or whatever it is? Mm, So what I say is that let's say there are many species that are as equally as advanced as humanity. The same 2021 humanity, we think we're so advanced. If our tra- uh, signals have only traveled 200 light years and the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years, do the math. Okay, so now you have 30 human civilizations in the Milky Way. We're not even able to communicate with each other right. if they're as old as we are. So you could have literally millions of civilizations and we just were too far apart. That comes into the play of like, oh, it's an older civilization that has sent out old signals. The thing about a radio signal is unless it's a repeating signal, you send it one time. If we send a signal to the moon, it gets there and it dissipates. Mm. So it's not real an effective way um, to communicate in an interstellar way. But, I mean, it's a great program. Now, a lot of people seem to think that the WOW signal was some kind of intercepted Soviet signal that bounced off a satellite. Mm. Or it could have been some, I don't know, some ship flying away in that system and sent a signal. They have no idea. They were never able to find it again. But I will say that when radio astronomers first, they've heard something and they, they were convinced they found alien species. Mm. This recurring pulse, this is an alien civilization. It occurs on a regular wa- uh, regular wavelength and everything. Turned out it was like pulsars or quasars or something. So, you know, there's so many things out there that occur naturally in nature that initially, this has to be aliens because we don't know what it is. And then it turns out later on, it, it's explainable. Mm. That's a one-time fluke. I mean, I'm all about it. I watched the documentary on it. I think it's cool. Um, you know, my, my, my thing on it, too, is like, you know, we, we talked earlier about how scientists can be pretty narrow-minded about certain things. Mm-hmm. Would they even accept something if it came in and literally broadcasted and we received it and said, hey, uh... I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, Captain Oogaboogoo from the uh, the planet, uh, you know. Like they would automatically assume it was a hoax. I- exactly. Right? But e- but even if they were communicating on such a high level and we were receiving this information and it was repeatable and they, you know, would they even accept it? It's I- like I anything know. else, half and half. I mean, no different than, uh, oh, the Earth orbits the sun. Oh, the, right. you're a heretic. Or, right. or even uh, the scientists that first theorized about uh, tectonic plate movement and continental shifts mm. that the continents move, mm. they laughed at him at the conference. Turns out he was right. Mm. So you'd have the the old uh, Sutton his Wade scientist, oh no, the conservative scientist, and then you'd have like the young college kid. Mm. So mm. that's true to life. You could say that about anything, a new medicine, anything. So that brings up a good point about, you know, and we haven't really talked about whether or not intelligent beings have been coming here, but one of the arguments is, well, if they are coming here, and this is from the, the naysayers, is, well, why don't they land on the lawn of the White House? Mm. And it's, well, I mean, that's 
a little silly to say because why would an alien civilization they, that could come here that's right. that more advanced why would they even recognize the sovereignty of they, nations? They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't. Wouldn't, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't who care. You were exactly. or any of that, right? No, that that's a good point. And like you said, you know, a lot of a lot of in the rec- in recent years we've noticed uh, that there's been a lot of media coverage, especially from. Uh, especially in the last year or two, from there was a, this program called ATIP, which was the Advanced Aeronautical, oh God, Advanced Aeronautical Threat Identification Program. Thank mm. you. I think I just got that right. Uh, it was run by the Pentagon, mm. and we're all three uh, former military members here, uh, and we're we were exposed to like seeing weird things in the sky at, at some point, right? I mean, Joe, you you probably had some some strange experiences in the military, right? Well, I don't want to say too much. Oh. <laughs> All right, syphilis man. I don't want to misspeak the cigarette. I don't want to misspeak. I don't know if he smokes was followed. The, he may have been smokes followed. Smokes the cigarette. It's possible. He may have been smokes. followed. But the, the, it's a good segue into to the next part of this, which yes. I wanted to mention. That was You mentioned it earlier. It was the, the Umanamua. Umanamua, that's right. But basically, in, in, and this is something that we discovered after. So there was a there was a visitor into our solar system in 2018. I think mm. it was 2017, 2018. And it was a... An object that was dubbed Umananua, which is like I think it's uh, is it Polynesian? Polynesian for a visitor or invader or something along those lines. Mm. It was a long. I hope thin, it's not invader. Yeah, long and thin, which you're familiar with. Cigar shaped, also familiar with, uh, which was tumbling over, uh, over end over end through our through our solar system. And what made it weird at first, when scientists first noticed it, they thought it was you know any other interstellar right. object that. We have things flying through our solar system all the time, asteroids and comets and things of that sort. But this appeared to be accelerating, mm. which, according to the laws of physics, should have been impossible unless it was being directed by an outside source. And it was even, this this particular object was even uh, recognized by a guy named Avi Loeb, who is a university, uh, Harvard University astrophysicist, who said it probably is alien. Mm. That was in the news. <laughs> How come that's not bigger news? Well, two things. One, it's interesting because a lot of main, the mainstream news has actually jumped on a lot of this stuff recently, whereas yeah. before they laugh it off the face of the earth, right. now they're talking more about it. Right. My question to you about the physics of it, um, you said it was accelerating. Correct. Um, my question would be this. If you have something coming in, whether it's a meteor or a comet, something that's in our solar system, as it approaches the sun and the sun's gravitational force acts on it, does it yes. pull it and make it go faster or no? Or does it stay at a constant speed? It certainly could. I mean, there's there's uh, gravity jumps. That's how you get the Voyager probes out there. Mm-hmm. People don't realize the Voyager probes made it so far, not just because you put it on a rocket. They weren't able to travel past Mars. They used a gravity jump where they loop around each planet and slingshot around. Sure. And the reason they launched Voyager when they did is because the planets were aligned in such a way. We can't just fly a ship at the time to Pluto. You have to wait for that planet alignment. Um, so we don't know. I mean, they talk about Planet X. How, like, there could be another planet in our solar system. We just haven't been able to find it. Is it really far out? Who knows? So, you know, oh, it's it's impossible based on physics that we comprehend. Mm-hmm. All right. We, you know, anybody that seems to think we have all these things figured out, that's insane to me. Because as you see, every 20 years, we learn more and more and more. Mm. Um, and just because it's something we haven't seen before and they can't explain it, well, that's what science is all about. But I will say that they talk about... You know, if an alien species wants to stay hidden, number one, they don't want to interfere with our natural development. Or if there's alien species that want to stay hidden because there's dangerous species out there. Like us. Like us, who <laughs> kill ourselves and we have nukes. Right. They say that you would send out probes desi- designed to blend in as meteors and things. Mm-hmm. Or like we talked about the cloaking technology, maybe that can break down or uses a lot of energy. But mm-hmm. I mean, any the thing is, you got the number one thing is to keep an open mind. Mm. If I were to bring to you, I have an idea that maybe they used a probe and it looked like a meteor and you like laughed at that. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, that's not really you keeping an open mind. Mm. So any pot, like we could come into here and discuss anything. Like, I mean, obviously there are things that are too far. Like I made the reference to like the people that go on Howard Stern and talk about all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. It's it's funny you mentioned Howard Stern. Actually, I think recently Travis Walton was on there not too long ago. Oh, he was on Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, a story that we've, we've talked about and before, but like you said that the actual events were not as not they as were depicted dramatic. in the movie. Right. They were boring compared to the film. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good segue into good. No, I was just going to say, are you going to talk about Travis Walton? I don't want to get into that if you're not, but I just wanted to mention that that's one of the most well-documented right. uh, encounters because multiple people saw the exact same thing. Right. Right. And the thing about Travis Walton 
you know, that claims that this event happened and all of his friends went to the police. Now, right. I'm sure it was some Hoboken department in the middle of nowhere and they probably, oh, you boys had too much rum. Mm -hmm. But they actually went to the police and they were doing a search. Right. And then when he came back, he went to the hospital. They did polygraph tests. There was some Air Force person that saw what they saw at the same time in a different location. It's not like these Howard Stern people that like, oh, this is what happened to me two months right. ago. It's like... Right. These guys come out of the woods. Now, of course, they thought it was a murder. and They thought they killed them, right? Yeah, yeah, and they thought it was a cover story. And then, right. But that's obviously not what happened. That's so. a very interesting story. And even even the Fire in the Sky movie, I didn't care for it. But mm. the, I think the actual story is more inter interesting to me anyway. Yeah, of course. Now, I have a friend who's a little more... He's highly intelligent, but he's more of a skeptic at things. And, you know, you want to keep an open mind, so let's entertain every idea. He's like, oh, they probably all just dropped a bunch of acid and <laughs> they got lost in the woods. I'll entertain that. Maybe that did happen. And they mm. believe what they thought happened, and that's why they passed the polygraph. Who knows? That's worth looking into. But, like, there's multiple witnesses and things. Right. There's, right. there's a little more to that story, I yeah, think. Yeah, and, and I think if we can circle back to to, to the origins of, of those kind of stories, and that is, you know, we've talked about alien life. We've talked about whether or not it can be anywhere else in the solar system or the universe. Well, let's get to the point where is that much more advanced that it's coming here and it's interacting or at least observing us. Mm -hmm. Um you know, because obviously that's a big topic, and, and lately with a lot of the the military stories that have been coming out recently about uh, pilots that have observed and, things, and those are most the, some of the most credible witnesses that you're ever going to run across would right. be uh, these career military officers who are pilots, and you have to be a certain type of individual just to be a pilot and to begin with, and they're seeing things that I don't know why, and maybe this is just me personally, why that is not a a more terrifying uh, prospect is that. These are these are career military folks who are saying we don't know what this is, mm. and these things are far more technologically advanced than we than anything that we've ever seen. Correct. How is that not terrifying? Yeah. They don't know what it is. And like someone even said, they it was like a senator. I think he's like, oh, yeah. I, I I hope it's aliens because if it's not, and if it's the North Koreans or the Russians or the Chinese, <laughs> yeah. we have bigger problems because it's that much more advanced. Mm. As we know, we are the most advanced. And even if a nation came up with almost like Hunt for Red October, that um. The, the caterpillar drive yeah this the secret drive yeah. on that new submarine like yeah. we would know about it you mm -hmm. know that with satellite imaging and cia mm -hmm. and things like that we'd at least know about it. oh the russians have this new supersonic uh drone craft right. they would know about that i mean they'd have to pay for it they'd have to get contracts just like we do here they would mm -hmm. know about it so exactly like you have footage of these things that the navy is tracking and mm -hmm. because i think what it comes down to is it doesn't affect people that much people right. are just trying to pay their mortgages and go to work and mm -hmm. it's like eh, whatever mm -hmm. i think that's why you don't have more of a but do you think too and this is again i don't know if i'm jumping a little bit but do you think that over the years that there's a concerted effort to get people used to the idea so that there's not more panic mm -hmm. that, that's one of the theories too that, that you know slowly they introduce information right strategically to kind of get people more uh, desensitized to it right uh so that way when the when the bomb does drop so to speak uh you know you're not kind of losing your mind over it hmm. and and that brings up an interesting point that you mentioned earlier in terms of we didn't talk about it yet but the science versus religion aspect of this hmm. kind of topic right hmm. so you have the uh you know the, the religious folks who think well aliens could never exist because uh you know the, the biblical aspect of it whereas god has only come to earth and that's it there can't be anything else outside of that flat yeah. earth kind of theory uh -huh. if you will uh -huh. um and I, I don't think it's mutually exclusive, right? You no. can believe things happen and exist outside of the world and outside of Earth, um, but still believe in a, in a higher uh, power that controls everything or, or created everything. Right. I, I think that you can have a good mix between the two. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Right. Well, there are parts of the Bible that refer to, I think people would refer to it as demons, but mm -hmm. it could be interpreted as you know, otherworldly creatures, not in a negative way, but like otherworldly creatures. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to get into the whole theology of right. that, but you couldn't, oh, you know, if you were the Pope, like, look, it says right here in this verse, like, that's what this is. Mm. And to, or like angels, like, you know, an angel to a, like you like you had mentioned earlier, 2,000 years ago to a, a guy walking around in the desert, uh, he sees a, a flying craft or something, he might describe it as, as an angel. Like right. you don't know, so who knows if, mm. if, if you know? But like you said, I don't. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And you, you know, the funny thing is, you can't get into a discussion no. with a, a truly religious person or a scientist. Like, like they, 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 is it one extreme or the other? Yeah, they, there is no middle ground. No, and they get really angry with you. Yes. And yeah, I've done it. And, and, you know, <laughs> and it goes to the you know a very successful program on the History Channel called Ancient Aliens, which I'm sure we all know about. And we've Giorgio seen. Giorgio Sukalos. 
great hair. Wonderful hair. Um, you know, they, they bring up some interesting points and some interesting topics, but my, my problem with, with the program is that Everything is alien. It takes away from all human yeah. achievement. Exactly. Like humans didn't right. come up with irrigation right. and agriculture. It was Nothing. aliens. <laughs> they built the, No, they didn't build the pyramids. Seems like a lazy man argument. Yeah, like right? you didn't you come know, up with farms and agriculture and irrigation and water systems. It was aliens. No, yeah, to your point, like the Egyptians, because they don't know how they did it, mm. it must be aliens. Right. And, and you have to buy into the idea that, you know, um, that they, like you said, they couldn't achieve, that humans can't achieve anything. Right. And on top of that, they were interacting with ancient civilizations to, in a way that they were giving them this information, like well, why would why would they just stop suddenly? Right, because we're, mm-hmm. we could be technically an ancient civilization to to some other uh, more advanced civilization than we are currently. Yeah. So yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's entertaining to watch. I, I, lo- really I lost it, it after f- first few seasons because they're kind of like many, how many episodes could you possibly like do about twenty seven seasons now <laughs> all ridiculous. of a sudden as there should be <laughs> with every season George's hair gets taller and taller he's become quite the celebrity I have to he say. has he's, we should try yeah, to get him on you think yeah, he'd come yeah. on with us I don't I don't think he would come on with you us, don't no. no I don't think if you paid him I bet he'd yeah. be here our budget is is like because he has $3. an agent we we don't, we don't find people that have agents no. That's scary. We, that's scary. We were going to have a fairly uh, a big name individual on our show uh, uh, last week, but uh, that fell through. I don't know if he was a big name, but he's uh, probably used be, recognized. Used to be recognizable uh, in the we're paranormal gonna, we're field. We're not going to give him any. We're not. If he reaches out to us and wants to get mm-hmm. on, we'll again, let him, nothing we'll negative let him get against him. It just didn't work out. But that's too bad. Exactly. Anyway, so just in in, in parting, we'll, we'll close on this. And we, we wow, talk... that was a fast hour. Yeah, it was quick. And we talked about you know aliens and uh, all different sorts and types and things we of that sort. All night. Do you believe, and I'll go to Joe first on this, do you believe that, that there is an ancient alien civilization, or not an ancient, but a more advanced alien civilization from outside of our planet coming from somewhere and interacting, or at least coming to our planet and observing us and possibly interacting with us? So I'll start by saying that I don't know, but... Oh, that's a lazy man's <laughs> argument. But I will keep an open mind to the point where I would fully accept both of them and I think that you certainly have evidence from the Navy pilots or they over California that saw yeah, those gigantic tic-tac-shaped yeah. yeah. craft that did impossible maneuvers. I mean, what's the explanation for that? I want to know. Is, is it some new human technology that they we were just surpassed by the Chinese? Okay, that's an explanation. Mm-hmm. If no one knows what it is, then you know that could be perceived as truth. But, I mean... In, taken away from you know what I want to have be true, and that's a whole other discussion. I, I don't even know if I know the answer to that, but it, I think a lot of people they would answer that based on what they want to be true. Some people might be scared of it; they just don't understand it, so they would say no. Mm. Other people, you know, they're bored and they wanna they want more, so they would say yes. Like, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I mean, how how would it? The, if you know anything about any of this. Or you keep an open mind, why would it surprise you? Right. I think, and the point I wanted to make earlier is that if you take someone that doesn't know anything about science or science fiction, somebody that maybe watches reality TV and they just do their thing on social media or whatever, which is fine, and you said to them, oh, do you believe in UFOs? They're gonna Their immediate response is, oh, this is weird, this is crazy. Right. But if you were to ask them, you know, now it's common knowledge, you know, how many stars there are, just go look outside at night, <laughs> and how many galaxies, do you think there's life on other planets? Most of them probably would say yes. Right. So, like, let's bridge those two together a little <laughs> bit because there's obviously there's a difference. So. Right. Sure. Right. That's sure. my kind of roundabout way to not answer your question. But okay. Do you want to? You know what? I'll go and then I'll let you have the final word. Okay. So I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe in my heart that there are advanced civilizations across the universe that have the technology to be able to come here in what form or fashion. I have no idea how they're doing it. I have no idea. Right. I wish I did. I hope that in my lifetime, we see a little more definitive evidence of this. Um, one person, and I know this may rustle, ruffle some feathers in terms of the you know people that believe in this sort of stuff, the whole Bob Lazar thing. Yeah. Um, I don't believe anything he has to say. And if you don't know who Bob Lazar is, he's, he's a whistleblower, supposedly that worked on secret government projects that were trying to reverse engineer alien technology. Um, I, I can't believe him. And not because I don't think that... Um, that aliens exist, I think just by watching him and knowing what I know about mannerisms and the way that people talk and the way that they answer questions, uh, just having experience with this sort of stuff over the course of my life, I think he's deceptive. Mm. I think he lies. I think he makes things up. Um, But there's a lot of people that believe what he says. Mm -hmm. My answer to that is being this. They're that much more advanced. They've come here from who knows where through wormholes. 
They've manipulated space and time to be able to come to, to America, or not America, but the, the right. Earth as we know it. And they've crash-landed into Earth. They've crash-landed, and somehow we've been able to recover their craft and somehow reverse-engineer it. I have a hard time believing that, right? That'd be like a, a baboon trying to reverse-engineer the stealth bomber. I don't think right. it's possible. So I do think they're coming here. I don't think that they make critical errors that cause them to crash. Um, and, a lot of, and a lot of it, too, maybe there's not even a biological being in control of this craft. Right. Right? Right. Why would you have to do that you if you're that much more advanced? You could send out an unmanned probe to be able to gather the information that you need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my take on it. And, uh, yeah. Mike, I'm going to pass it to you. Well, I'll, I'll, I won't be as long-winded as you. I, I would just say that I think there are alien civilizations outside of our world. I don't think they're visiting us on a regular basis. Maybe they did in the past. Maybe they've left pieces of technology for people on purpose. Uh, but I like these people like this uh, Dr. Greer guy mm. that goes on the, the unacknowledged thing and talks about how he meditates and he can get the aliens to he come. Can summon them. He can yeah. summon them. And, and then the, he, he, he said he goes on their craft and tells them about the earth mm. and stuff. I'm like, sure. No, that's, I don't believe any of that stuff. Mm. But no, I, I think that, no. So you don't think they're coming here and stopping at Taco Bell to get a, a burrito on the way to uh, Alpha and Centauri? No, they probably have no. more. But like, to your point, actually, an interesting point, I don't think that they're. The, the, like the the traditional alien, like the gray alien, sure. could be a an android or some sort of artificial life form that is not the aliens themselves. Because, like to your, to your point, why would they why would they do that? Why would they come here? We we send drones everywhere. Right. Interestingly, just to close on this point, the gray alien that everybody knows and loves and that mm. everybody's aware of, right? Yes. Where did that come from? Right. I, I think it was What's close, the origin. I think it was Close Encounters of the Third Kind was the first time that we saw a creature that kind of looked like that. I think it, there was accounts and, before that though, like the B- Betty and Barney Hill. I think. Oh, his name. Did they describe it like that? They did. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was like a media. They all st- all those sightings started are like around the forties and fifties, late forties, early fifties. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously a show on, unto itself where we can discuss some famous uh, yeah. alien abduction shows, which we're, which we're not going to get into today. Uh, cases which we're not going to get into today. So. Right. Uh, once again, we appreciate it. Joe, thanks for coming. Yes, thanks, Joe. Thank you kindly. Wonderful yeah, guest. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back. We, we won't talk aliens next time. We'll talk... Uh, we'll talk Jim Morrison. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be cool. That's a good idea. And, uh, a, a, you know what we should do, man? We should that? do a, 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 a 27 Club episode. Well, we did oh, that that'd before. Be cool. Yeah, but we never really got into it deep. Did you get Brian Jones when you did that? We no. did. We did do Brian Jones. Is it Brian Jones? Jones? Yep, we did. Anyway. We, we definitely dug deep on that one. Well, we want to give out the, the website. So if anybody wants it. to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at theguys at hermitlight.com. Go to our website. It's hermitlight.com. That's our, pri- our, our parent company uh, that services all of our needs. And we want to shout out to our friend Kingsman again. Mike, uh, Joe, where can we reach them at? Uh, just go on Facebook, Kingsman RI. It'll come up. You've got their page, all their info, message them, whatever you need. Outstanding. Well, we'll be back again with another interesting, exciting episode of Knowledge and Nonsense Through a Wormhole of Pleasure. Until next time, just remember, the truth exists. Believe it.